The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, and I knew my bloods were coming back up, but my CGM still wasn't catching up. So I made I made the stupid mistake of eating more glucose tablets just because I wanted it to be safe. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Insulone Podcast with myself, Owen, and my co-host, Graham. I hope everybody's having a good week. I hope you specifically are having a good week and those blood sugars are behaving as you want them to behave. What's the crack, Graham? Feels like I haven't been on in ages, doesn't it? I know. When was the last time we did an episode? Feels, feels like a long time because we've had some incredible guests over the last few episodes and I think the last episode I was on was five ways to lower your A1C. So I think that's a good few episodes ago, maybe four or five weeks ago. So it's good to be back on. It's good to chat to you, Owen, again, and to you listening to uh, positive times in Ireland because we're, we've seen a slight reopening. It is the Tuesday after the May bank holiday in June that we're recording this in Dublin and the pubs and restaurants are reopening. So there was a nice buzz around Dublin city centre. You were back in the gym yesterday for the first time since before Christmas. How are you feeling? Feeling good. <laughs> I have to say. Sore, so good to be back. Soaring good maybe, is it? Yeah, sl- slightly, slightly tender today, I have to say, but really good to be back. And for me, going to the gym, because I always go in the morning, it's ju- it just sets me up so nicely to, yeah. for the day. And it just starts my routine as I want it to start. And it's difficult to kind of get up and exercise first thing in the morning when it's cold and dark and rainy during the wintertime because you like you don't want to go out and do weights in the garden because you get soaked. Mm. So it's nice. It's nice to be back, I have to say. But the body's slightly tender. I'd say you are a little bit sore and you're recently down in Wexford. Were you a couple of days down in Wexford in the southeast, the sunny southeast, they call yeah, it the here coastal resort, the coastal yeah. resorts of the Wexford. The closest we'll get to uh, <laughs> some sunshine, even though the weather's supposed to be good over the next week in Ireland. How was Wexford? Anything exciting happened down there? Yeah, it was nice. Nice and uh, low-key down there where 
we've a little kind of bungalow thing down by the beach. So it's nice to go down and disconnect for a while. But just do loads of long walks on the beach and stuff. And I went for a few morning runs on the beach, which I really enjoyed. Because running, you know, that hard sand mm. that's like between the water and the soft sand. Yeah. You're nearly bouncing off it. It's just, a per- just perfect to run on. I l- yeah. love running on that. And when you're running beside the sea, it's just, it kind of gives you an extra boost. But something happened to me on Sunday. And I'm telling this story because it's important that I tell the stories of when I make mistakes too. Because we all know I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. And my blood sugar are also not perfect. So I made a mistake on Sunday. Okay. But a mistake that I'll learn from, as we all do. So basically what happened was I went out for a run on Sunday morning. I think I did about seven and a half K. So it wasn't overly long, but I knew that it would still have an impact on my blood sugar for the hours kind of following. So what I did was I did that run with no insulin on board first thing in the morning because that's how I like to run. Then came home, had breakfast, I believe, and I reduced my insulin for breakfast slightly to counteract that kind of the following drop after the run, I guess. And then I knew that I was going to be going out for a longer walk on the beach shortly after. So I even reduced it slightly more. So it was like a double reduction because I knew my bloods were trending lower from the run. And I knew that I was going out for a walk, which would make my bloods more inclined to trend slightly lower. So I was going into the walk slightly higher. I think I was hovering about eight or nine millimoles. And then before the walk, I had a banana with no insulin. So the aim of that was for the banana to try and bring my bloods up while the walk is bringing my blood sugar down. So it kind of balances in range where I want it. So I went on the walk and just as we were close enough to when we were coming to the end of the beach, I started to feel my bloods come down and I was like, okay, they're dropping. So I'll check them, check them. And they were trending lower on my CGM. But because your CGM is kind of delayed, like we've spoken about beforehand on this podcast, my bloods physically would have been lower already. Yeah. So my CGM was kind of catching up with how low my bloods actually were. And because I was walking and exercising and the sun was shining, you're less sensitive to the feelings of high or low blood sugar because you're kind of moving around and you're, you might be sweaty or whatever it is. So... I only kind of felt the low when I was lower than I would have liked. So basically, basically I went from, hmm, I think my blood sugars are dropping to two minutes later being like, whoa, my blood sugars are very low. But my CGM was still catching up. So it wasn't telling me I was as low as how I felt. Right. So, so what I did was I was kind of freaking because I was close enough to the end of the beach. I had loads of hypo i had like three packets of glucose tablets so i knew i'd be fine so basically i think i got like two of the glucose packets into me because packets. i was yeah like i think it was or like one and a half packets or whatever whatever okay. i had in the right hand pocket can't even remember now but i had definitely a full pack and a half i think it was hoping that that would just bring me up really quick really quick 
but got to the car and I was wiped out of it, completely wiped, right? And I knew my bloods were coming back up, but my CGM still wasn't catching up. So I made <laughs> I made the stupid mistake of eating more glucose tablets just because I wanted it to be safe. Yeah. But then what I did, we were driving by like a, <laughs> a little corner shop and we were like, do you know what? We'll go in and get a 99. So I went in and got a 99 because when you have a really low blood sugar and you don't, I always get a craving for something kind of crunchy yep. or just something substantial to eat rather than just glucose tablets. Got a 99, absolutely inhaled that. I only have to figure out recently that a 99 is a real Irish thing. Oh, so man. a 99 is a basically ice cream in a cone with a chocolate flake inside it. I wasn't aware until recently that I think it's a it's a very specific Irish thing, especially calling it a 99. So for any international listeners, it's just ice cream in a cone. And apparently those flakes are like becoming, I was going to say extinct, but not extinct. They're, they're, they're very hard to running get. out yeah. of them, basically. Yeah, they have very few flakes. So a flake is just kind of a a chocolate kind of finger that you put into the top of the ice cream and yeah and there it's become a staple of an irish summer here and yeah they're running out of them except i was listening to an interview with one ice cream parlor owner and he was saying that he was tipped off that there was going to be a shortage <laughs> so he ordered loads in now he's got loads no so way it's, it's big currency here in ireland <laughs> charging charging on the double yeah exactly so basically what i did was decided to get a 99 because i knew my bloods were coming up and I suppose the biggest mistake was getting the 99 because I knew my bloods were inevitably coming up from the near two packets of glucose tablets that I've had. But I was like, oh, look, it's once. Let me just let me get 99, whatever. It's fine. But I didn't have insulin at the time. Oh, right. So and I'm telling this story to prove that nobody's nobody's perfect. Right. Yep. So I was like, I have no insulin. I'll inhale the 99. And we'll get home fast and I'll take insulin, right? So I did that, got home. By the time I got home, my bloods were like double arrow up on my Dexcom. And I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. So I took a load of insulin, sat down, fell asleep, and, and then waited for the inevitable drop. And it came about an hour and a half later and had another low. Oh my God. Treated the low, but with the next low that I had, I kind of treated it as I always would because I knew that, look, you made a stupid mistake with not fully preparing in detail for your walk. Stupid mistake with the 99 ice cream. So I was like, look, let me just resettle things. All right. So it's kind of like that big up and the big down. And when that happens to you, from my experience, the best way to kind of reset yourself is to just, number one, be patient because it's going to settle. But try and simplify your management over the next three, four hours, just so you're kind of giving your bloods the opportunity to settle. Because if I was to say, right, I've just had a really high high, just had a really low low, and now I'm just going to eat whatever. You're digging yourself a deeper hole. So just be patient. I even like to try and avoid any sort of carbohydrate for like two, three, four hours afterwards, just to kind of 
let my blood settle down slightly, drink loads of water, rest, and yeah, just be patient. But I got home then. I got home that evening and I was still wiped. Hmm. Um, As you're telling that story there, I'm just thinking of how incredibly intelligent the pancreas actually is. That a working pancreas just (laughs) deals with all of that in the background. And someone like me, never has to even think about that. While you are your own pancreas, you have to do all the thinking for your blood sugars. It's actually insane when you break it down like that, where I can go out and I can go for a run and I don't have to worry about it. I can grab an ice cream afterwards. I can do, like, it's just mental. And you're constantly chasing yourself then. And you're trying to stay one step ahead of it. But by staying one step ahead, then sometimes you actually take two steps back because you're, it's oh, it's it's crazy yeah, it's when you hear when you hear little stories like that. Something so simple about going for a run and having an ice cream. Something that I do <laughs> quite often, and then the that your day is basically just done then because you're chasing it and you're tired and you're waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah, it's madness. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like you you only fully appreciate how complex the human body yeah. is when you suddenly have to take on the role of an internal organ. Yeah. Otherwise, you just completely take it for granted, or you're you're just oblivious to the whole yeah, that's, bodily that's, function. So I'm obli- I was oblivious to the pancreas until a year and a bit ago when we started this podcast. But oh, the reason I'm here today is I am the mouthpiece to read out the emails that get sent in to the Insulone Podcast at gmail.com. We do it every couple of weeks. Owen will hear them for the first time, and he will have his say on the. Email, some of them are stories, some of them are just getting in touch with the podcast, and some of them are questions for Owen. So if you have anything you would like to add to the podcast, do send us an email, theinsulonepodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to take a little swig of water before we get into the morning. Head in the game. There we go. <laughs> ah. Now, I'm going to kick off with the first one, which is about Libre Transmitters from Janine Hoban. And she says, Dear Owen and Graham, thank you so much for your podcasts. I have a 13-year-old son living with type 1 who was diagnosed in May 2019. Listening to you and some of your other guest podcasts has helped me so much with his management. It has been life-changing. I know you use the Dexcom, but I think most children in Ireland are given the Libre at diagnosis. Seeing a picture of you looking at your watch to check your levels before a run was a turning point. I wanted that tech for my son. I had been told that the, now I'm going to ask you this on the pronunciation, the Mayo Mayo? M-A-I-O, M-A-I-O? I think it's Meow Meow, but I'm not, <laughs> okay. I'm not even entirely sure. <laughs> I'm not entirely you know sure. What? I'm going with Meow Meow. <laughs> <laughs> because even if it's incorrect, it sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. I've been told that the Meow Meow... <laughs> <laughs> Professional, please, Graham. Uh, sorry. Somewhere, if it is the Meow Meow, meow okay... There's some boardroom around the world with some pharmaceutical company that this passed through many levels of management saying, we're going to call this the Meow Meow. I know, it's unreal. Please say, do you, are you aware of this? Like, is their logo a little pussycat? Do you know what? I, I actually think, hold on, let me check. This I actually think it might be. Strange, and you know? do cats have an association with pancreas? That's what I want to know. Uh, I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the logo is a little orange peeping cat. So there no, you go. It is meow, 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 meow. 
<laughs> okay, well, now we now we know. I've been told that the meow meow transmitter uh, about but after a bit of research online, I found the blue con transmitter and ordered it from a company called Ambrosia in the states. It's brilliant. I can follow his levels and have the high low alerts on my phone, and he doesn't have to scan much anymore. Just look at the watch. I haven't really heard these transmitters mentioned much on the podcast. I wasn't told about them in the clinic and only found out about being proactive online. But I feel it would really help parents and teenage children who want to be more discreet about checking blood sugars if they use them with their Libre sensors. I can't praise them enough. Well, first of all, thank you, Janine, for getting in touch. And I hope your 13-year-old son is managing things as best he can. So far, I know it's uh, certainly not an easy thing to be dealing with. And I always say... I was almost lucky to be diagnosed later on because I kind of skipped those teen years. So thank you for getting in touch. And I am delighted to hear that the podcast has benefited you both. So I appreciate it. Um, but the meow meow, and as we've discussed, and I think it's like a night ride blue con are both basically devices that sit on top of your freestyle Libra. So your freestyle Libra isn't actually a continuous glucose monitor. It's a flash glucose monitor so that means that you need to still scan it to get the readings whereas with the dexcom it's constantly monitoring your blood sugar so i'm getting my bloods essentially sent to my phone every five minutes or whatever the delay is but with the meow meow and the blue con it pretty much turns your flash sensor into a cgm which sends your bloods to your phone Okay. She goes on. Also, would you know through your contacts when the Libre 2 will be available in Ireland and if it has a built-in transmitter making it a CGM? I'm not entirely sure when when it's available in Ireland or if it already is, to be honest. I know the Libre 2 was only released relatively recently internationally. So I would assume that Ireland are getting it shortly enough. I know that... If I think if you're 21 or below and you're diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in Ireland, you automatically get a freestyle Libra. So I would imagine that they're going to introduce the Libra 2 over time as it comes in, but I wouldn't be entirely sure as to when that would be. And does it ha- what was the question? Does it have a built-in transmitter? Transmitter, making it a CGM. So the... Libra 2 still requires scanning, much like the first Libra, but thankfully it has low alarms, which is hugely beneficial. So if you're kind of trending lower, your 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 bloods go low, you will be alarmed rather than you just fully relying on how I feel. Yeah. Which is important because I think when you're able to understand what a high and a low feels like, that's obviously massively beneficial. But the Libra 2 will now, I believe, send you low alarms, which is very handy. Thanks for all your hard work and commitment to the diabetes community. P.S. When restrictions are lifted on, you'll have to come to Mayo with Graham for some peer jumping at Old Head. Kind regards, Janine Hoban. I wonder, <laughs> no is way. Janine from Lewisburg herself, which, which is where I'm from uh, in County Mayo? Uh, is that so where you're from? That's where I'm from. Do you Lewisburg know, in County Mayo. I know the Hobans. All right. No way. 
but I'm not too sure if uh, if Janine Hoban maybe is uh, is from Lewisburg or she's just aware of Lewisburg because we have a lot of people who have holiday homes in Lewisburg, like you would have mm-hmm. a holiday home in Wexford. So, um, thank you very much for that, and thank you for the little nod to Mayo. It's always that's the first nod to Mayo we've got in the podcast. After I'm nearly- sure it's the last. I'm only joking but thank you Janine I appreciate the email delighted you're enjoying the podcast send my regards to your son and yes absolutely when restrictions are lifted me and Graham will be uh, running to Mayo to jump off the pier definitely would be interested in last week's episode if she hasn't listened already with Joe Fox parent of a type 1 diabetic definitely if you are a parent and you haven't listened to that one that's definitely a must listen and we're going to go from Mayo to Canada now yeah we, we love these Canadian podcasts yeah, loads of Canadians and this is from Maddie Hirsch and Maddie says hi Owen I absolutely love your podcast it has brought so much information to me that you just do not get from your doctors I listen each week on my walks and it makes my lunch break so much more enjoyable my name is Maddie and I come all the way from Montreal in Canada I'm 27 and I've been type 1 for more than 16 years. When I was younger, I hated being diabetic. I didn't have anyone in my family or friend group who could relate to me and I was never informed about getting involved in the diabetic community. Whenever I would go to my endo appointments, my doctor thought I didn't speak because I was so shy about being diabetic even with my doctor's lol. It was rough because I really didn't have anyone who could understand me. Also, I was an elite synchronized swimmer all throughout my childhood. So being very shy about my diabetes and competing in a stressful environment definitely did not mesh well. But I have to say, training so many hours a week at such a young age allowed me to fall in love with exercise and training. I've always wanted to help others. And finally, after 16 years, I decided to obtain my personal training certification and I've completely accepted my diagnosis most of the time. I tried to share my story on my Instagram page at madfit.mtl in hopes to help as many people with type 1 as possible. I'm just starting out, but I'm loving every minute of it. I absolutely loved your episodes about resistance training and cardio. So much insight and good knowledge there. I would love to chat more with you about fitness and diabetes. Keep up the awesome work and hopefully chat soon. That is from Maddie in Canada. There's a lot in that. That was a cool email. Thank you, Maddie. I appreciate you getting in touch. There was... A lot to unpack there, I yeah, feel. Definitely a journey in life with her diabetes. Yeah, and that was one thing that jumped out at me was that admittedly in her younger years, she was shy and did she say she hated being diabetic? Is yeah. That what she said. And you can almost feel the sense of acceptance even through that email from this is where I was, hating my diabetes, probably denying it, neglecting it, being shy about it. And now she has a diabetic Instagram page. She's a personal trainer who wants to help other people. I would imagine other type ones. And yeah, she seems as if she's happy about her diabetes now, which is a good thing. And that is almost like a firsthand account of how you can shift your thought process or mindset about your diabetes, even over the years. And I think I said it to Joe in last week's podcast, because she's obviously having a difficult time with her son at the moment, because like I touched on just earlier, the younger or kind of teen years with diabetes always seem to be somewhat difficult. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that you are a teenager. Mm. 
vast majority of people, myself included, have, I suppose, let's call them a few rebellious years or years where we might not do things as we should or whatever it is. And when somebody who doesn't have diabetes acts that way or does that, which is, which is only normal, it doesn't affect your health. Whereas the reality of it is when we go through those teen years and neglect our diabetes and our blood sugar management and don't do things that we know deep down we should, unfortunately, it is affecting our health. And it's always good to get an email like this from Maddie that she seemed to have those years where she was kind of not looking after it as much as she should have probably, but now absolutely on the ball which is great. And she's, you can kind of, kind of feel as if she's like proud to be diabetic through the yeah. email, which is really nice. She's a personal trainer, listens to the podcast. And what did she say? She was like an elite synchronized swimmer. Yeah. And that's kind of gave her love of exercise. That in itself is such an advantage. If you enjoy exercise, as we all should, exercise doesn't have to be like I always say, going to the gym six days a week, playing football, swimming, doing synchronized swimming. It can just be going for a walk or playing golf with your friends or something, just kind of moving your body. And if you find a way to exercise consistently that you enjoy, your diabetes management will really, really, really thank you for that. So thank you, Maddie. Much appreciated. And... I actually would love to chat to her about that synchronized diving. I think that'd be a cool experience to hear about. Potential guests in the future, what do you reckon? Absolutely. Thank you, Maddie. Okay, let's move on. This one is entitled Dexcom G6 Sensor Wires from Pat Doggett. And Pat says, Hi Owen, I'm a new user of a Dexcom G6. I'm only on my fifth sensor change and something has suddenly struck me. When I remove a sensor, should I see the wire from the one I've just removed? Haven't really seen one yet, so does that mean they are remaining under my skin? I'm a bit freaked out at the prospect and would welcome your experience with the G6. Thanks so much for all you do. I've been type 1 for 40 years and so wish I had the advice, support and entertainment you offer in the podcast when I was first diagnosed in St. James's Hospital in Dublin all those years ago. Kind regards and that is from Pat. Thank you, Pat. Much appreciated. And I'm glad you're using the G6 there. Lifesaver, to say the least. But in terms of the wire being under your skin, I have never heard that before. So what's he talking about for somebody who doesn't have a Dexcom? When you put it on, is there a little wire that goes into your skin? And then how does it work? Yeah. So basically, when you, if we're talking obviously specifically about the Dexcom G6, when you put in a sensor... The sensor is the part that like has the adhesive that sticks onto your body. Yeah. It's kind of like you pierce it on, right? So mm-hmm. you pierce it on, the adhesive sticks, and then there's a tiny little wire that obviously goes under your skin into your interstitial fluid, which is the fluid between your skin and your blood, where your blood sugar is monitored through the sensor. So basically, you put the sensor on, that sticks to you. The little wire is pierced under your skin. And then you have a separate little device, which is the transmitter that you attach into the sensor, which basically connects to your phone or device via Bluetooth. Yeah, gotcha. 
So when you're taken off your G6 sensor, it's kind of just like taking off a plaster or a Band-Aid. You kind of, you, you, I always just rip it off <laughs> quite quickly. Now, when you do take that off, you should see the little wire sensor. Honestly, Pat, I would be surprised if it was coming off. What can happen sometimes, and it's happened to me, is that a few times I've ripped off my sensor and the little wire bit kind of flicks back up and it's kind of hidden. And it's not as obvious to see sometimes than others. Okay, that might be it then. So it could be that. It could be that it's kind of like flicked back up into the sensor slightly rather than being stuck in your skin. I'm sure if if something was stuck underneath your skin, Pat, you'd probably know something about it. So I wouldn't wouldn't worry too much about it. So it's not necessarily like you're putting a little thumbtack into your skin and then pulling it out. It's not just there. It'll flick back up to the end of it. So that might be Pat's expecting expecting to see it pointing out and kind of coming out the same way it went in. Yeah, it's not solid. It's kind of of like it can move around. Okay, well, that could be it. Thank Um, you, Pat. I appreciate it. That's brilliant, Pat. Uh, Pat, a dub, getting uh, diagnosed in St. James's Hospital. There you go. So we move on to the next one. And this is funny story from a hypo from Josh. Josh says, Owen and Graham. Much love for the podcast. I listen every week at work and typically get stared at from cracking up at something each week. So thank you for that. (laughs) Didn't know it was a comedy podcast. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Being type one, I have noticed listening so far that we are all in a community and within that community, we all kind of have this common bond that allows us to laugh at certain things that happen to us because we are all kind of in on the joke, like an inside (laughs) joke, though we've all never met. I would love to hear more listener stories, maybe even a whole episode based on funny stories. Though being diabetic, most things aren't funny until we realize we are actually okay. (laughs) But here will be my short humorous story. I think that's the case with a lot of stories uh, when you think you're in a lot of danger. (laughs) And then you look back and you go, God, that was awful dangerous, but actually kind of funny now looking back upon it. Exactly. Even even the story that I was telling about my low on Sunday. Yeah. While I was feeling that low, I was obviously my priority was like, right, get your blood, get your blood sugar back up. But in the moment, part of me was like, this just, I feel as if I'm just like drunk walking down the beach right now. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's not that funny, but go on. (laughs) This is Josh's story. I make coffee every morning, black coffee always. I took it this way since I started drinking coffee. So I don't have to change anything once I was diagnosed. Anyway, I open my utensil drawer and grab the spoon scoop out the grounds and instead of putting them into the coffee filter in the machine as one should I just dumped them, I just dumped them into the utensil drawer it took me a moment <laughs> to realize what I did and I thought oh what the hell I checked my sugar and of course it was low quite the brain fart but it happens I look back on it and it still makes me chuckle even though at the time I wasn't laughing I was actually quite pissed because I had to clean <laughs> I had to clean all those dry loose coffee grounds of all my silverware and utensils. <laughs> anyway, I hope that story connects with some folks and gives you a laugh. Thanks for the intentional and sometimes unintentional comedy you provide. I'd always be down for coming on if you're looking for guests. We all have our stories and I love helping others. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. And that is from Josh Tot. Thank you very much for that one, Josh. Do you have stories like that where you just have a brain fart? 
I was listening to Josh's email and thank you, Josh, first of all. I appreciate you uh, getting in touch and sharing that story. It's funny because even listening to that email and listening to Josh's story, I know the exact headspace that he was in. And as stupid as it sounds to take out the coffee and just pour it back into the drawer, it makes sense in my head because I know exactly what Josh was feeling at that time, which is so funny. But what he could have done was actually just pour the hot water into the drawer. Yeah, yeah. And then and drink stir the coffee. And drink it through a straw. Yeah. <laughs> could well have done that. But anyway, uh, yeah, enjoy that, Josh. Maybe next time, Josh. Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. So... No, <laughs> so basically, I don't I actually don't know if I've told this on this podcast. Maybe I have, but there was a time not too long ago when I had a hypo during the night, right? And I woke up and when you've hypo during the night, it's like you're probably lower than you usually are with a hypo because you're asleep and you haven't had time to kind of treat it in time, basically. So I got up for this hypo and when you're that hungry at like 3 a.m. In, in the morning, you go down to the kitchen and it's like whew, nothing's off limits. Anything you can get, you just eat, you inhale it, right? So what I did was, but see, the downside to that is because you're you're in that state, all your body's crying out for it. It's like, give me food, give me food, give me glucose, like get your blood sugar back up. But because of that, inevitably you're going to see a massive spike afterwards right so i i always anytime i have a hypo like a like a bad hypo like that anytime i have had one in the past i've always tried to keep track of what i've eaten to a certain extent so that i know what type of insulin i may require you know over the next half an hour or so but basically i went <laughs> i went down to the kitchen and i think i had something like 16 weedabix right to get my blood sugar back up so that's like 16 for, little the, of the blocks of weed yeah 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 and with loads of milk obviously but what i did was whenever i track my food i use an app called my fitness pal which automatically calculates carbs and these kind of things mm. per meal so i use that anytime i'm tracking my food but with this because my phone my phone was still upstairs what i did to keep track of them was mark a kitchen towel with a pen for each Weedabix that I had. So it was like, you know, when you see on like a, I don't know, like a caveman <laughs> mark yeah, the walls, yeah. like four and then one and across as five. five. I did that on a kitchen towel to keep track of my Weedabix. So I knew how many that I had eaten so yeah. that I can carb count afterwards to try and prevent that inevitable spike. But uh, yeah, it was funny. 16. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But you know what? You're so hungry. And for like whoever's listening now, they know exactly what this feeling is. When you wake up in the morning, you have that hypo. You're so hungry. You'll quite literally eat anything and you can't get full. I just don't get full when I'm that low. It's like, it's just a completely different type of hunger where it's like your body is kind of just like a whisper of what you, how do I even describe it? I can't even, it's like you're just a shell of your outside body yeah and everything else is empty until you get food in it's i can't even describe it i wish shakespeare was still alive and he could he could articulate it it seems like you're not 
feeding yourself for hunger, you're feeding yourself for something completely different. Yeah, it's basically feeding yourself yeah. so you don't die. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what that's what it is like. Um, um, but anyway, thank you, Josh. Yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoyed your story. And if you have any questions, if you want to share a story with us, if you want to just get in contact with us, do send us an email on theinsulowenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to hand spell and all that, it is in the description of this podcast, wherever you are listening to your podcast. Owen, thank you as always. Thank you, Graham. And thank you to everybody who emailed into the podcast this week. As always, we do really enjoy hearing the stories. We love getting the questions, the insights, and hearing your own experience. So if you are listening to the podcast and you're thinking, I have a story or I have a question, and part of you is like, uh, Owen and Graham wouldn't really want to hear it. Yes, we would. So if there's a question or a story or anything you want to share in your head right now, Turn off the podcast and email into us because we want to hear it. And as always, appreciate you listening. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, have a good day, have a good week. Mind those blood sugars and we will chat to you soon. See ya. Peace.